It's the Ag Watcher Show. It's the Ag Watcher Show. It's the Ag Watcher Show. I'm Sean McDougall, and this is my wife, Leila, and we're on Ag Watchers with Matt and Andrew, talking about our Just a Farmer. <laughs> and we the might movie. Be, and we might be talking about more as well. Yeah. We, we might. Because we might. We might. It's unusual, but <laughs> occasionally we do go on a tangent, yeah. and we might talk about something else completely irrelevant. Most likely, we'll probably mainly talk about tangents. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Most likely. So it's not our first time we've had movie stars on though as well, Andrew. Like movie celebrities, like we had Ryan Milgate on from the dry. Yeah. Yep. So we've had we have we have had some I wouldn't call it celebrities. (laughs) Yet. Yeah. Uh, Just give it time. Just give it time. Um, Just remember that when you when you're accepting your Academy Award next year. Yeah. Oh thank God. Just remember where it all They got started. job, they reckon. So, oh. so what we're going to do before we we get into it, uh, we do have to do a psychological test of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got to make sure that you're both uh, compass mentors, and, <laughs> and because you're both sort of movie stars, uh, mm-hmm. we, we are concerned. We might be some, we might do some drug tests as well. <laughs> so, 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 so if you hear a knock on the door in a few minutes. Uh, We'll just give you a few minutes. Make sure you've drank plenty of water, and uh, and we'll get some drug tests of you as well. Because <laughs> uh, we want to make sure that this is a professionally run podcast with people who are, you know, give informed consent to be on the podcast. Okay. So it's very important. Your door, sir, no, Andrew. Well, that's, <laughs> no, why no, I, that's, no. that's why I keep changing addresses <laughs> <laughs> and and changing his appearance. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. We're going to run, uh, <clears throat> we're going to use the sixth sense, which is our uh, bespoke uh, mental health assessment. We're going to give you a word or a statement, and you give us the first thing that comes to mind. So, how are we going to do it with Layla well, and Sean? Just, uh, we haven't come across this in a long time. Yeah, we don't. We normally, we normally have only one guest on. So, we're going to have to direct each one. You're only going to get three questions each. Okay. So, My brain goes a bit faster, so maybe I answer first and he answers. He yeah, that's another option. Is we, is maybe, <laughs> we get, maybe we maybe we just do we we we'll say the word and then get Layla to go first and then Sean to go second with their first. Yeah, we'll do it that way and they both can do. Yeah, Anne would think we're running this podcast on the fly. I know. <laughs> We're just making it up as we go along. I get it on slow. Thanks. You're not slow. <laughs> just my brain goes faster. No, he's. He, I think the right description is he's more thoughtful and thinks yeah. about his answers. Yeah, yeah more, he does. More, more considerate. <laughs> I, I, I surprise myself with what comes out of my mouth. He, he thinks. I don't. <laughs> right, right, Matt, you keep a count and then you start. All right. Empathy. Just a farmer. Sean? Uh, real life. <laughs> Brock's footwear. Two pairs. Two pairs. Oh, all he wears. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be good for That's... the Academy Awards. Yeah, yeah. Crocs. No. Yeah, you'll be you'll be you'll be getting Crocs back up to the fashionable status that they deserve. What about black pudding? I haven't tried it. Blood pudding. 
Black yeah. pudding. Oh, black, black pudding. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't tried it. I'm not I'm not Scottish. <laughs> right up. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll see you later. <laughs> filming a movie in regional Australia. Herding cats. <laughs> Mental. Interesting. <laughs> what about a uh, serious one, rural, rural suicide? Uh, a massive problem in Australia. Worldwide, massive problem. That's what the movie's about to talk about it. Yep. That's it. Is that it? Oh, you've got one more. Sorry. I've got one more. Yep. Dealing with celebrities or actors. <laughs> Do you really want to know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um one word. One word. Shit. Um <laughs> We could we could take that as your final answer. <laughs> artistic. Artistic. Is that artistic or autistic? <laughs> could could be both. Oh, how funny! All right, we'll take uh, shit as your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually curious. What is like you, you guys are farmers and and directors and writers? What's easier to work with, farm staff or actors? Oh, I'll say farm staff because oh. <laughs> they kind of know what they're talking about when they're on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> when the actors, the actors didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Well, and they kind of, the staff do as they're told, I guess you could say. <laughs> you, you don't have a script, Andrew. You know how you hate scripts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell us, like we 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 saw the trailer the other day for the film Just a Farmer. Yeah. Tell tell us a little bit about that. Uh well, yeah, it's a film about a farming family and community that has to navigate life after they've lost someone, like a loved person in the community, to suicide, and how difficult it is for those that are left behind. Yeah. Uh, I guess we always hear about the people that are struggling for mental health, but there's not a great deal out there being spoken about with the people they're left behind. Um, so this really, you know, hopefully everyone goes on the journey with the family and the community through the movie. Yeah, because so when I first saw it come up, I assumed it was like a documentary. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realise it was a drama. And and at first when I, when I sort of clicked on it, I was like, oh, this will just be another documentary. <laughs> and, then, and then I saw that it was a drama and I, I thought that's, Pretty interesting, uh, and it seems to be sort of really well shot as well. Yeah, so, we're so lucky with the team. So, so what what made you come up with the idea of it? As because uh, uh, you are technically just farmers. Yeah, you made a exactly. Film called just a farmer. <laughs> so, so, so how did you go about it? Um. Well, I guess you know me personally. I what was a school teacher before I embarked on this massive journey of making a movie. But I know when you say to kids. Uh, do you want to watch a movie or a documentary? They're always going to say movie. Like you see, you hear, they hear the word documentary and their eyes glaze over and they're like, oh, boring. Yep. Um, so, and, you know, as we don't change as adults. We're still the same. We still, like, don't want to be lectured and told a heap of statistic numbers. And I'm dyslexic, so I grew up watching movies and not mm. reading books. So I thought, oh, let's make a movie that's got this subconscious message under it, but it's actually entertaining and people can watch it and get lost in, in the story rather than a documentary that could 
be a bit boring and, you know, it's about a kind of what we call a depressing topic. How can we make it interesting and more engaging? You say that, but obviously, like we said at the outset, you guys are, are actual farmers, but you don't, I mean, I might be old-fashioned in my thoughts on things, but you don't just decide one day you're going to make a movie and then just go out and make a movie, do you? It's a bit, bit more trickier than that, isn't it? Particularly if you're not from that kind of field of expertise. Yeah, you you could say that, but I'm that mental. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that crazy, and I've got a husband who just goes, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> he just follows me along for the ride. Um, no, I have. We had no idea how to make a movie. We have no idea. Like we're learning as we go. We're just, you know, we've fallen on our face a few times and had to work out how to get out of it. Um, but I think. Everyone who's come on board has come on board for the message and it's sort of helped in that way. If it was just a movie for the sake of making a movie, it'd be much different. But I think the message behind it has, has got a lot of people involved. Yeah, yeah, because it's there to, to then hopefully get people talking about suicide, basically, isn't it, as well, and, and, and the aftermath of that and how we can maybe address that as a broader issue. Yeah, yeah. And then also, like, you know, opening that can of worms on the whole agricultural sector of, you know, does society actually appreciate the work farmers do to make sure people have food on the table? Um, and, you know, future generations of farmers, like my our son's only eight and he's farm mad, like gets really upset when Sean <laughs> leaves him at home for the day. Yes. And to think if he gets to a point where he sees us struggling every day and it's shit and, you know, it's a slog and you flog your guts out, will he want to be a farmer? Um, he might want to become an actor. Yeah, I <laughs> know. <laughs> Podcasting. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully it opens a big can of worms for everyone to start talking about. So in terms of the process, you obviously, you had an idea. Yeah. And I'm imagining it takes years and years to get from that initial brainstorming idea to actually a finished movie coming up next month. Yep. Um, what's, the, what's the process? Like, how did you get funding for it? That must have been a challenge or... Yeah, money's massive challenge, um, and because we're what they say first time producers, we're not we're not producers. I guess you could say <clears throat> we got zero government funding. It's all right. privately financed by yeah. Sean and I put in um, a chunk, and then other farmers or friends or businesses um, that obviously have a connection to the the whole meaning of the film. So it's a true what you call independent film. Yeah, so, and we're still what you call a micro-budget. Um, <laughs> it costs one and a half million to make. Um, the average film apparently costs nine million, so we're way under we're, that. We're below that, yeah. Yeah, um, but, yeah, it's sort of a massive, massive undertaking that we sort of... I'm, I'm surprised that you said there's, there's no funding. I used to, maybe it's, again, different programs through different generations or whatever, but... I thought there used to be kind of funding available for these types of things. Maybe it was years ago. We used to have, you know, different arts divisions of the state or federal government that say here's here's a here's a kind of grant or something. But you know, that's you're saying that's not the case, or it's maybe not there all the time, or not for everyone. Uh yeah, no, it's it's Screen Vic and Screen Australia, the two main entities that yep. sort of do that. But again, being first time producers, they don't really look at us at all. Yeah. Um, they give they give funding to Baz Lohman, two hundred million to make Elvis, mm. um, but not not little people like us that <laughs> haven't having their first crack at it. Well, next time, next time they'll next be time, next time they were, they were, they were, they were, they were screaming at you to give you. It. So, 
it was filmed in Tadayun. Is that right? Yeah, so it's all filmed on our farm at Tadayun and Marina here, and um, yeah, in our house and down at the local <clears throat> footy oval and primary school and uh, the pub down at Marina and over at the Willora. We use the hospital as one of the scenes and stuff. So yeah, it's all filmed locally and a few um, uh, local people as extras and stuff standing around. The little the kids come out from the high school in town to play the footy match and so. Yeah, it's got a real, obviously, community involvement, and we wanted to make it as authentic as we could. Um, that was a that was a big word that I learnt uh, during filming. Authentic. <laughs> no, and what was the word? Continuity. Continuity. Yeah, yeah. Sean would just walk around going continuity, continuity. <laughs> I don't even think you really understood what it meant, but you're like, guys, oh, it's all about the continuity. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, was... So if we're if we're watching that film, we'll see a lot of locals. Oh, yeah, yep, maybe, yep. Yeah, yep. Like even in the shearing shed, we've got our actual shearers that shear for us all year. They've been shearing for us for what, the last? Last couple of weeks. So, yeah, oh, they've got like years. Oh, yeah. So then you just said to them, this time around we're going to have some cameras shooting the process yeah. <laughs> as we go. And so you have to get them to redo yeah, redo that one or, you know, wait for the sheep's <laughs> wool to grow back out again so there's continuity. Yeah. So you're not editing your sheep that's you know been shorn and then shorn again. It's the same sheep, and some <laughs> some kind of uh, film buff will pick it up and go, "Look, it's the same sheep." It'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be, on, it'll be on the IMDb goof section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, what about Shearer's Googles his name now, and he's pretty excited that he's Shearer on number two on IMDb. <laughs> Because Matt was slightly disappointed that he'd missed out because he's on the. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a local nearly. I'm just down the you know, other side of Skipton. So, you know. so, so he's looking forward to the sequel. So he can, <laughs> he can get a, a cameo. Yeah. Uh, or when the Ag Watchers, when the Ag Watchers come to town to, you know, do an event or episode three, come to do an event in town. You never know. Never yeah. know. We could, we could, one day we get an IMDb. One day. <laughs> So in terms of, of the film itself, like I actually really enjoy Australian films. I'm not blowing smoke up sort of. I, I think they're quite original, a lot of them. Um, I actually looked through the cast and one of the actors is actually in one of my favourite films. Oh. Uh, Eddie Barrow. Oh, Eddie Barrow, yep. Uh, he was in a film called Son of a Gun, oh, which yep. was filmed in Perth. <laughs> and... Uh, as a complete tangent, anyway. I enjoyed the film because Ewan McGregor was the main protagonist in it. And obviously he's Scottish, but Ewan McGregor usually plays a nice guy. But in that film, he plays a bank robber and a bit of a sociopath. And he was very good at that role. <laughs> well, he's Scottish. So he's Scottish. It comes across. But when I was at the, I went to see that in Perth at the cinema. And there was a character in there, a big six foot five guy covering tats. And he was, yeah. I think, rapist number one. Oh, and, and, and when he came on this on the screen, there was only like me, uh, a friend, and then like maybe another half dozen people, and uh, everyone started screaming when he came on the stage on the on the film. So he was in the audience with his family watching yeah. the film, <laughs> and so so that was my claim to fame about that. But it was a good film, and I, I yeah. enjoyed I enjoyed that sort of film. So. Yeah, Eddie's gorgeous. He's like he looks like this big, scary, gang bikey member, but he's not. He's just the biggest, sweetest human. And the day I was filming with him, um, 
I was so nervous because I was like, this is like the Eddie Baru. Like, this is, wow, I've got to act beside him. I was so nervous. I was, I was so shit. Um, I ended up having to go back and reshoot that scene because it was, <laughs> I was so <laughs> bad because I was just so nervous. But um, he just comes up and gives me this massive bear hug and then tells us this story about how he farted in front of Hugh Jackman and everyone in Australia and, like, just <laughs> he's just so funny and random. And then how does that? How does that work? You said before, like this, this is your first kind of acting gig. You're not you're not like done stage before or did acting and drama at school and uni or something like that. How do you just drop into the role as as lead actor in a film? You know, um, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty random. So when I was going through the process of writing the film as well, I thought I've got to go and learn how this all works. So I thought I'll go and do some acting classes so I can meet some actors. And at that point I didn't think, oh, it's going to get as big as it was. So I was thinking, oh, this is a good way to meet other actors and con them into being in it. Um, So I, um, it's uh, um, Damien Welsh Howling who's in the film and become a really He's good as well. Yeah. um, He was great in Underbelly. Yeah, he is a very, very good actor. So he does acting classes. Um, and they're called advanced acting classes for advanced actors. And I thought, well, I'm not starting at the bottom. I'm going to try and get into class. Um, so I rang the, the college that he, he works at and I was like, oh, you know, is this class starts in a few days. I know I'm late, but, you know, is there any chance I could fit in? And they said, oh, yeah, there's actually someone just pulled out. Can you send through your resume and your showreel? And I was like, what the fuck's showreel? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I made up this resume with all this shit on it and then um, just said, oh, I'm having technical issues with the showreel. I can't get it through. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, just turn up, turn up. So I just rock up to this class with no acting experience whatsoever. And um Wait, you did you come? Wrote... Did you come clean and say that, or did you just yeah, roll I with did. it? I did because I was so embarrassed. They're all got you know how you know in an acting class they're all you know very open with their emotions <laughs> and and they're going around the circle saying what they've done and their experience and they're all like starting to quote all these shows they've been in and they've been in LA doing this and I'm like shit I've done nothing this oh frig what am I going to say and it gets to me and I just before I knew what I was saying I just go oh I've done nothing. <laughs> and they're all just like, and then Damien literally goes, "How did you get into this class?" He should have said, "Because I'm a good actor, stroke liar." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I sort of hit it off with Damien, and because I'm pretty random and out there, and he just yeah, he sort of now thinks I'm his prodigy. Um, <laughs> doing a lot of classes with him, and um, did it yeah, twelve months sort of once a week acting class with him and a few other teachers at the college he's at to get ready. But um, he loves telling that story <laughs> to everyone now that I just blagged my way into his class. So, yeah, that's how I sort of got into the acting classes and met Damien and convinced him to do it as well. I've got I've got another tangent, actually. I'm yeah. actually, <laughs> people don't realise that I'm actually, I was an actor as well of sorts. Oh, here we yeah. go. <laughs> what do you mean here we go? I was uh, worked alongside an Oscar winner. Who? Robert Duvall. Oh. <laughs> I did I've, heard it. I've heard this story. Yeah. Okay, go. Robert Duvall and Michael Keaton, who played the Batman, in a film called A Shot at Glory, which is about a B-grade Scottish soccer team. And I was in that film. I was in the background. Yeah, some little, some little <laughs> I was in the stadium as a 15-year-old. 
15 or maybe 13 year old boy actually uh, so I maybe might I might update my MDB as well actually <laughs> yeah yeah you need a screen grab but also another thing as well is people don't realize that Matt and I are actors because <laughs> we, we have to pretend we like each other <laughs> every true, single true. day and it is it's ch- more challenging than people think <laughs> and um and running this podcast people think it's unscripted but the reality is as you can see just now we've obviously running off a script yep and we just it, make it seem we make it seem very amateur that's the skill in that to make it seem authentic <laughs> yeah it's, and continuity <laughs> continue well and actors would get very angry at you saying pretending because <laughs> there's no pretending in anything you're at it's real oh yeah i forgot we're uh <laughs> that, that's maybe the problem we might get typecast matt oh yeah yeah <laughs> typecast so, uh. so anyway uh so that's the main thing is the main point of us coming on this podcast to this podcast is actually to make sure that we got uh first dibs uh in the next at the, at, at the sequel yeah. at the sequel, the sequel. yeah uh, what would you want to play what kind of role would you want to play uh i don't like i don't want to be the main character but <laughs> second main yes second <laughs> I think they're called supporting characters. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, I haven't done my advanced acting class yet. So. No, no, no. That's it. Um, that's it. But I think I'll get in if I tell him I played alongside Robert Duvall. Yeah. Uh, he was my mentor. Um, <laughs> but the, no, maybe like Scottish baddie number one. Scottish baddie number one. <laughs> and what bad thing would you do in a farming community? Steal someone's sheep if you're a Scottish baddie, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't want to be typecast, but I used to be a grain, a grain merchant. So, so oh, I could, yeah, so I could, could be, be the, the nasty grain merchant ripping people off. Ripping and, people off, I'll yeah. be like. That doesn't happen. Yeah. But it would be, yeah. be realistic. It would be a. Uh, screwing them over on a washout. Well, screw them over a washout, yeah. that would be it. Well, you wouldn't be acting then at all. Don't be acting. <laughs> I, I was always very fair on washouts. Um, yeah, that's true. Anyway, we don't want uh, to. Go into that. That's a, that's, that's a whole big tangent. I was going to so say the, the message of the movie itself is quite an important message around mental health, but neither of you have any kind of experience in that mental health space as a as professional psychologist or anything like that either, right? You just yeah, you just no. can't yeah. Um, we we spoke at the outset when I mentioned empathy because I, I read one of your blogs on the website uh, when I was kind of investigating around <laughs> the movie Jester Farmer, and and there was an interesting thing, point you made there regarding. Because um, you see, I think it was something along as I'm paraphrasing and saying that there's a lot of um, focus at the moment in a lot of mental health things and there for right reasons around um, resilience and around um, gratitude are the two I think you said, but but you, your focus, you're saying it should be also not, not, not missing out on the empathy aspect. Do you want to just give us a bit of a rundown of your thoughts on that? Yeah, so like, as you said, yeah, two big buzzwords in the mental health space at the moment are gratitude and resilience, which are two, you know, I make like great words, we need to be more resilient, and we need to be more grateful, but they're sort of self reflecting. Um, and I think in society today, we're always worrying about what someone action, someone else's actions make us feel as people. So we're, we're always worrying about how we feel. And I think it's really important that we also need to worry about what our actions do and what we say and how it makes other people feel. I think, you know, in humankind, like if we can, you know, make sure our actions are helping other people or, you know, making everyone else's lives better rather than this sort of self-worshipping society that we're creating through social media at the moment. Like our kids are growing up and they're 
we're teaching them to self-worship, like love yourself. There's a difference between self-love and self-worship. And I think we're, we're creating this world of self-worship. Um, so I think if we can try and teach kids and, and everyone to be more empathetic towards our fellow human, um, then we've got a better chance of having a better better humanity, more, you know, just more, I sound like an actor now, more love. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's one of the underlying messages in the movie as well. That's what, that, that's what Sean was saying too, that, just a farmer is about that to a degree about trying to have more empathy for your community, for people around you. Is that, is that the kind of part of that yeah. message you want to get put out there? Yeah. So if you like the, the film as, as filmmakers, you know, cause this is our first <laughs> film. Um, if we can make the audience feel something, if you can like by the end of the film, if you haven't felt something, I'd be worried. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we, we want you to feel sadness. We want you to feel happy. That's, you know, that's our job as filmmakers, sounds funny saying that. Um, and, you know, it might be uncomfortable at points in the film for some people, but it's really important to then be able to sit in that emotion and sit in that feeling and acknowledge it rather than always running away from those emotions because that's what we do and that's why mental health is such a massive mm. issue. We always, like, people say, oh, I don't want to watch a movie that, you know, makes me feel sad or makes me feel emotions. I want to escape reality. And it's like, but you're again running away from feelings that are normal and you're suppressing them and at some point they will come to the surface. So, you know, if people cry through the film, don't sit there and pretend and make out you weren't crying. It doesn't matter if you cried. It means you're a human. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> like it's sort of, you know, feel something and acknowledge those feelings. One of the, one of the uh, as you were saying that, it was making me think back to recent stuff I've watched and this is probably going back a bit more than just the last few weeks, but um, that series that's on Netflix that Ricky Gervais did called Afterlife. I'm oh, that was good. That. Oh, it's great. And yeah. that's one of the that the way. And also, the... also Matt does look a bit like Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean? I'm, I'm a fat middle-aged man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I've got rid of the goatees just so I don't look as much like him these days. Um, but that when you were saying <laughs> that, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that because there's it's that's a that's well it wasn't a feature film but it was a, a series that as we watched it, you were you were subject to those emotions and you'd go from kind of tearing up in one scene to then then he does something ridiculous and funny and then you start laughing and it's a bit of a roller coaster, but it's brilliant. And it sounds like is that that the type of thing you're trying to do is to get get the audience to feel those emotions and to empathize with what's going on with the characters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the get to go on that journey and to you try and experience, like even though you may not have lost someone to suicide, to kind of get a little bit of an idea of what it might feel like for those people mm. um, and see them, you know, like when you watch a documentary, you hear someone talking about how they felt. But in this film, you will, feel see, yeah. you will see and feel the shit they go through. Um, and then the funny stuff, like Rob Taylor's hilarious. He just makes up lines. He does whatever he wants. <laughs> Um, you, you, he's one of those actors that he's just been in the industry for so long. Like <laughs> I, we did the costume design and each character has a colour um, and they go on a journey through their colour, you know, trying to keep the subconscious thing. And yep. Rob, his, Rob's character was meant to be red and he was going to have all red clothes and like shirts and red in all of his things. And he just turns up and goes, nah, I only wear blue <laughs> and I'm only wearing two shirts. And we're like, <laughs> shit, well, we got to go find some blue shirts, guys. Oh, yeah. So was he, like was, he be, was he being authentic farmer in that way? Only have two <laughs> yeah. shirts, only yeah. wear the one pair of jeans. Yeah. Uh, two shirts, one for work and one for uh, funerals and weddings. 
Yeah, well, he wore the one pair of jeans and every day, I don't know what he does in them, he ripped the crutch out of them every day and we'd have to sew them back up. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> that ruins the continuity. Ruins the continuity, exactly. <laughs> so what with the process when you, like, you've, you've outlined that there's a lot in it, but when, like, how long did it, from start to finish, from the time you had the idea and now the movies are going to be released uh, next month, isn't it? The, the main release was on the 21st is when it hits the cinemas, but you've got a, a pre-release thing on the 14th or something in March, is that right? Yeah, yep. So we've got, yeah, the Ararat and a Melbourne premiere and then it goes to cinema on the 21st. So premiere on the 14th and then it hits all the cinemas around the country on the 21st. Yep. Yep. Um, so so that's you, so the movie's done, right? Everything's done. It's just the promotion now. But what? how long did it take from the idea that you had? What was? How long was the whole process? Um, well, everyone tells us it was we've done it really quick in comparison to what um, other films do it. So I so sort of, the idea came to us in what twenty twenty one. I started writing the script, right, and then yeah, film coming out now in twenty twenty four. That seems really short. Yeah, apparently some films can take ten years to to get up and get going, and and most of the time it's funding. So we have done everything on the cheap, hmm. um, and but still been very like what we would say is very. <clears throat> but for the this industry it's very cheap. cheap. So you wrote the script as well, uh, Lally, right? So that yep. that's kind of not like writing a novel though, is it? Your a script's like a specific, has a dialogue and everything in it, yeah? Yeah. So, and again, I've never written a script before. <laughs> um, I'm dyslexic, so it's even, even more hilarious that I've written something. Um, but I guess... From watching so many movies and and knowing, like I'm a bit of a movie buff. I love watching films, and you know, you pick the ones that you think you know are good, and then you got to try like dissect why they're good yeah. and the journey they go on. And I was like, <laughs> okay, it needs a twist. It needs this. It need like I need to have the audience engaged all the time. I didn't want to, you know, I don't want a movie where people sit there and they're like, oh, it's boring. It's so slow. When's it going to end? Mm. Um, so you know, you, we don't, had- you, don't, you don't want to be too arty. No, <laughs> yeah, not too arty. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know what film? I really enjoyed recently. It's probably one of my uh, there's two two films of my favorite films. Three films, my three favorite films, obviously Train Spawning, yeah. uh, Juno, oh, okay, and The Green Book. The The Green Book's really good. The yeah. Green Book was what I liked about The Green Book was uh, similar to what you're saying. It had a very important story to it and a very important message, but also mixed it up with a bit of humor. Yeah, and, but the characters pull you along with them, like the relationship between those two characters. Yeah, uh, which I thought was really good. And Juno, well, the reason I like that is because of the soundtrack and the storyline, <laughs> and Train Spotting also obviously because it's. Well, you lived it. Awesome. You lived I li- it. I lived it, and I was, <laughs> and, I, and I looked like one of the main characters. <laughs> <laughs> the the psychopath Scottish like character. <laughs> um, so, but, so but with that, with the script though, you never had the idea of saying, "I'll write the script and then I'll go and plug it to you know, kind of producers or movie people to try and just get the script picked up." You wrote the script with the intention of actually producing the whole thing. No, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a weirdo. So if someone says no to me, I'm like, okay, fine, I'll find another way. Um, and I just kept going round and round and round and round to get to where we are now, I guess. So, you know, I went to some people, I found other producers. I even had, you know, some pretty big people in Hollywood do a pass on the script and they just massacred it. Like it yeah. was just, you know, they had dead dogs dying. Like, oh, <laughs> and I was like, what do you, you, you've just taken the whole, you, you clearly are someone from Hollywood trying to make a script interesting and you have no idea of our lifestyle. Hmm. Um, so, and then I went to other people to try like other 
um, studios and they just didn't want to pick it up. Um, you know, you get the whole thing of, you know, pe- people don't want to watch a film that's about farmers. And I was like, oh, okay, radio. Um, okay, next. I'll find the next person. And, you know, I've got some pretty. But, but it's not it's not about oh. farmers necessarily. No, it's Cause not. Because that, that's what I was thinking. Like, obviously, uh, all four of us are heavily embedded in agriculture and it's something that we're all interested in. So we're going to go and see it because it's interesting. But when you, it's about the storyline, it's about the people and the characters. And yeah. and I think if you sort of take away the fact that it's farming, it's still just about human interactions. And I think, look, if you look at the moment, a lot of Australian films that are popular are regionally based. Everything from Priscilla to Wolf Creek uh, to sort of The Dry have all been pretty popular films and they're all based in rural areas. So, so do you, but do you think it will relate to like a city centric audience? Yeah, definitely. And our director, Simon Linden, like he's, he's got this incredible ability to tell story and to, to tell it through characters and their interactions. Like that's his biggest thing was, you know, you might have a, a beautiful shot of a, a background, but if the connection between the actors is shit, people are going to see it. Like they're just going to be like, oh, they're shit acting. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, he wanted to, to create this film that could be anyone's story. You don't necessarily have to be a farmer. It could be the journey of any yeah. person going through this, but the way we're telling it is through a farming community. That's good. Have you had, um, have you had much support from like farming organisations like you know VFF and those types uh, with through the process at all, or um, or have they kind? We've partnered partnered with them, and they're going to help us promote the film. But we yeah. haven't got any funding through any of those those organisations or anything. Um, not for lack of trying, <laughs> <laughs> but no, everyone's sort of you know everyone's passionate about the subject, but I guess everyone's sort of you know, strapped for cash at the moment. So, yeah, we'll just keep plugging along the way we are and hopefully we can cover our costs. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if not, then who cares? Like, well, you know, it is going to make life difficult. But at the end of the day, like, shit, you got one chance at life. Why not have a crack at something? And we've definitely had a crack at this. In terms of, like, cinema's changed a lot. Movies have changed a lot in the last 10 years, especially since COVID. Like, I've... I used to go to cinema every week and um, I used to have an unlimited cinema card as well when I was in Scotland. So I used to go more than once a week, three, four times a week, uh, because it was only 10 pounds a month. Uh, (laughs) But obviously things have changed with COVID. And so I obviously didn't, and no one really went to cinemas for a long time. And it wasn't actually that many good films coming out. Yeah. Streaming services have obviously sort of been like the area where things are generally gravitating towards. Like films now come to the cinema, then go to streaming service within weeks and and months. Have you had any pickup with any of the streaming services or ABC or SBS or any of those? No, not not as yet, and we hope that we will. Um, Again, doing this our way, not knowing that there's rules, that there's a way you're supposed to do it. we couldn't. We didn't get picked up by any distributors again because they think, you know, metropolitan audiences won't 
um, you know, connect with the, the film, even though they haven't even seen it. So I was like, okay, well, we want to go to cinema. So how am I going to do this if they're not going to help me? So I've just sort of jumped the distributor and gone straight to cinemas and they've all been really helpful mm. um, and booking us in all over the place. And I think, yeah, because distributors now just sell straight to streaming services and cinemas, yeah, country cinemas, they're all like in talking with them at the moment, especially country ones. Yeah, they're um they're all really struggling because people aren't going to the movies. Is this like um, your independent your independent groups of country cinemas, is that right? Or is it yeah. some of the bigger yeah? And even some of the bigger ones that are in regional areas. So we're with like we've we've got Event, um, Village and Reading Cinemas. Um, and Wallace and a few other bigger ones and then independents. But if they're in a regional area, they're kind of really, really struggling. Um, mm. So that's the other reason that we sort of really wanted to go to cinema was to support local business. Like being farmers, we understand the importance of supporting local business. And we going to cinema, we actually don't, you know, we don't make a lot of money back. Cinemas take more than 60% of ticket <clears throat> sales. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if we could get to a streaming service, that's our best chance of, of trying to get some money back. Um, but at the moment we're just in cinema, so we just hope that people will get off the couch and go and see it. And see it. And, so what about... And, and um, talk about it on social media and whatnot. Yeah. And, what about um, things like, you know, international local film festival stuff, you know, Sundance Film Festival, Cannes yeah. Film Festival? Do, how do you get, how would, like, how do you get picked up for those types of things if you could, you know... <laughs> yeah, is that, is that, is that just something? Trying. Is that just something that you have to be yeah. seen, or does someone promote you to them, or how does that work? Like, do you know, whether yeah, you can... learning a lot about the politics of this this side of things. Um, it's quite interesting. <laughs> um, you know, so we entered Sundance, and someone, you know, we've got some pretty awesome people involved in helping with this with the film, and they said to us, "If you know somebody who's connected to somebody at Sundance, you need to contact them so your film gets put at the top of the list." And we're like. Well, we don't know anyone. No. <laughs> so we did, you know, we've applied to Berlin. We didn't get into Berlin. So our next one's Cairns um, that we're trying to, to get into. And not um, then that's not in North Queensland, Cairns. That's the no, no, one on the French Riviera. Cairns. I can't pronounce it properly. I'm like always <laughs> guess, second guessing. And, you know, I'll get there. And yeah. if we ever get there and I'll be like, ah, oh, thanks, Cairns. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you said it wrong. Um, that's Simon, our director. He's big, his dream is to get it into that one. Um, so hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, but, um, yeah, with all the protests and things going on with farmers across the world, hopefully someone will pick us up. <laughs> well, you've got, it's, top, you've, it's topical, isn't it? Yeah. You've got, you've got the Canberra Film Festival. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, not, we don't qualify for any of the Australian ones because we're going to cinema before all of the festivals. So ah. festivals want a, a exclusive release, <clears throat> um, and yeah, we can't hold off on putting the film out. We've got we've no. got investors that need their money back. Yeah, but I, I, just, I find it interesting because obviously one of the people we've had on the podcast once or twice was uh, Michael Trant, mm, the author. So Michael Trant's written a whole bunch of books on um, rural Australia, mm -hmm. crime, crime type of novels. Mm. That's going to be where you should get in touch with him. Yeah. Uh, and but his books are being become extremely popular on Audible. Ah, which Michael, uh, Michael, Michael Trant. Trant. Yeah. Uh, although I do have a bugbear because he did say I was going to get a talking spot on uh, one of the audio books, the audio books. But unfortunately, yeah. I got didn't get it ignored. <laughs> as as, yeah. as a young one say, I got ghosted. 
He had to listen. <laughs> he had to listen to you. Had to listen to your reel from Ag Watchers and decided <laughs> against it. Next time. Next time. Um, so what is what is is what is the idea after this film? Is the idea to do another one at some point, or are you scared off of it? Or <laughs> um, I think Sean's probably scared off it. <laughs> got to get this one out of line. First, he keeps telling boys. me, "Stop thinking about anything else. You just got to finish this one first. Um, yeah, but I wish I said that. You could say to him about that with farming. You know, don't think about what's coming next. Just get that finished first. Um, don't know what's next, really. I might surprise myself. Um, I like to keep everyone on their toes in this community, what I'm going to do next. Um, my dad always says to me, no more surprises, Leela. Um, but but it, it, I mean, the interesting thing is, it means it's going to go out there shortly now. And so we'll be, you know, how it's received and how how kind of popular it becomes. And sometimes these things can surprise you how, you know, something you don't necessarily expect can, can blow up and be huge, right? So I was, you never I was, know where I, was it about, I was about to say something really offensive there. What's that? And I, and I well, you guys, I, I, you I'm going to say, say it anyway. <laughs> I was just going to say what you could do to increase the distribution in rural Australia is stick it on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking about streaming services, but what's the point of streaming services when nobody has internet? Maybe just like a VHS and uh, just post it to people. Post it to people. Do, don't we have DVDs now? <laughs> I'm talking about rural Australia here. <laughs> No, you have Elon to put on, on Game So, what what uh, talking about that? Like, obviously, it's in Tarayun, which is a small town. I mm-hmm. think I remember Tarayun Pub has a fantastic palmy, <laughs> if I remember. I don't think it's as good as the Lake Bolak Pub, <laughs> but, but I don't want to start any arguments and fights. That's it. Matt. You're definitely not going to be asked back for the sequel because you'll be yeah, yeah. handed out of town. That's quick. Here's an idea for a film, like. Competitive, like a competition between Aussie rules teams in country towns, and there are the challenges of amalgamating them because that's an issue in Victoria. A lot of the teams are amalgamating. It could be a story about the emotions of amalgamating a football team. Well, uh, there is a movie about that called The Merger. <laughs> every, every, every time I come up with an idea, it's bloody stolen by someone else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, before you come up with the idea. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But how does the community, the community itself, sort of thought about this, you know, film being made? It's pretty all supportive. Yeah, oh, definitely the supportive, and I reckon just because we we live it every day, like it's our natural, um, what our scenery and stuff. Like they they'll just want to go along to watch it to see how how it looks on the big screen. I guess, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then yeah, just the sort of because it we're not. Prefer, well, we, I don't know, filmmakers, I think sometimes when we first started it, I think people thought maybe I was walking around filming it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I, you know, I think they'll get a, a really nice big shock when they see it on the big screen and be like, wow, this is a real movie. Um, so you didn't have, I was just, that was my next question. I was, I was going to ask you if you were going to have a, a a secret viewing for the township just before the big, the big kind of event, but um. So no, no one in the town has seen it yet. A few people have. Um, we did a little screening at Christmas to to show my family and Sean's family, um, and then a few people that have been, you know, big supporters of us along the way. They've they watched it, yeah. Um, and to get their reaction, and then in the lead up to, there's like a process where you have to get an audience to watch the film. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. An audience yeah. screening, so you can sort of 
they can give you feedback on what's working, what's not working. If it this is sense. this is prior to a final edit. Is this like yeah. a kind of pre- preliminary cut or something, and then you just see if yeah. there's little things you want to take out or adjust? Yeah, yeah. to see because you know because we've been looking at it so long it all makes sense to us so you need other people to watch it so that they can go oh where'd that character come from like oh, yeah, up yeah. out of nowhere <laughs> what's his yeah. story um yeah so some people have seen that version and you know they're all under uh non-disclosure agreements and i'll have to talk yeah. about it <clears throat> are oh, you um are you are you watching that are you watching them watch it as as they're doing it live or do they give you feedback afterwards uh we had a massive like so we had a cinema and they all came into the cinema and watched it um, and gave we had you know a big panel discussion afterwards, and they gave feedback, and then they had some work like worksheets, his school yep. teacher questionnaire um, hmm. to fill out afterwards. Well, I'm just I'm just thinking about like you're obviously one of the main actors in the film. Yeah. Do you find it cringeworthy watching yourself? Because <laughs> um, because I I have never listened back to one of these podcasts or, <laughs> yeah. any, or any ABC interview I've listened to without feeling physically sick. Yeah, I know. It is really weird the first time or the first few times you watch it back because, yeah, it's not a natural thing to do. But now I've watched it so many times I don't see myself anymore. I see the character. Um, But, yeah, some of my idiosyncrasies that I have, I'm like, oh, what the? Can you edit that out? Like what the (laughs) hell am I even doing with my face? And they're like, no, that's what makes it so, um, you know, authentic because that's what you do with your face. Or I'm like, yeah, but I didn't even know I did that with my face. (laughs) Now now you're sort of physically trying to make sure you don't do that in natural life. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, oh, am I doing that face? Um, And because our daughter is in it, she plays the the daughter in the film as well. I I was going to ask that because I noticed it was uh, uh, Sally. Yeah, Sally. She plays Sally and she's done an amazing job. And they say kids are the best actors because they're just playing, you know, yeah. being themselves. But for the first few times, she hated it. You know, she'd hide under a blanket um, and just couldn't watch herself, which was quite funny. Sean's in it too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he plays young Owen in the flashback scenes. He plays a young Robert Taylor. Oh, yeah. Robert, Robert didn't think Sean was good looking enough to play <laughs> a younger version of him. <laughs> Um, and that again, like, yeah, no acting experience comes in and it's annoying. I'm like, I was the one that did acting classes and then you come in and just do it. It's bullshit. In terms of like a lot of, a lot of the actors, like the professional actors who are in the film, I imagine a lot of them came from Metro Australia. Yeah. They're all living in in Melbourne. Um, Joel Jackson, who plays the farmer, Alec, he's from Perth, um, Uh, Robert Taylor, though, actually, he's from a farming family in the Mallee he, and they sort of lost their farm back in the, what do you say, like the 90s. His dad sold up and he went, he was living in WA. Um, so he's not one of those typical actors either. He's pretty got a pretty cool story. He worked on the oil rigs out on off Western Australia right. and um, one of them blew up when he was working on it. Um and he was in hospital for a very long time and he was never going to be able to go back to work working on the oil rig. So he's just laying in hospital reading the newspaper and sees this acting class course that he could sign up for and he thought, oh, well, I can't do anything else. I may as well go have a crack at that. And now he's an actor. So, um, But yeah. did, did they sort of, were them coming from metro areas and spending a bit of time in the countryside, what were their takeaways from spending that time in the countryside? Was it a different, it must have been a different experience for them, a lot of them. Yeah, and I think every day we take it for granted 
you know, our sunsets and how beautiful it is. And they're all out there every afternoon taking photos of the sunset and selfies and, and posting them everywhere. And we were like, yeah. oh, God, when was the last time we took a photo <laughs> of the, the sunset? sunset. <laughs> um, so we filmed it last year in March and April and uh, we had a fair fair plague of crickets on the farm. When oh, we yeah. That so we were, um, <laughs> yeah, that kept, kept the city girls entertained at night yeah. when the crickets come into the caravan. Jeez. yeah so we had we had two girls us sleeping in the caravan and they were part of the crew and we were because we moved out of our house for seven weeks and lived in the caravan because they were using our house for the filming and i hear these screaming and carrying on i'm like jeez they hit the they're, they're pissed aren't they like they've had a great night and they kept going and going so i rang i'm like is everything okay and they said no we've got some crickets in our caravan and we can't get them out so i might got like 10 cans and more teen i go down and thinking when i'm like the massacre of the crickets and i get in there they've got two crickets, two, two crickets. <laughs> and i literally picked them up with my hands and threw them out they wouldn't sleep in there for the rest of the night they had to come up to the house and sleep in the cat in the house because i was scared they were going to get eaten by crickets oh my could God. Have been, it could have been worse could have been huntsman in the caravan <laughs> oh and then the, the the vegos turn up and you know we, we live on a sheep and cattle farm and we were feeding them all with bulk meat because it's our own meat and they didn't want to eat it but the thing is they're vegetarian but i they wanted me to kill every frog every moth (laughs) every slug every cricket on the farm because they didn't like them i was like hang on are you a vegetarian or you just like what's going on (laughs) they wanted them killed you didn't they didn't want to eat them no no. (laughs) (laughs) oh yes it's very funny I think it's fascinating the ability to make a film in that short period of time is just incredible, really. Yeah, and I guess we're just getting the right people and just keep moving um, and just moving, moving. Like even our um, composer that's done the full composition for the film, um, Bryony Marks, like, you know, just randomly emailed her one day not thinking she would do it. She watched the film and she's like, I'm in. Um, you know, and, and you'd think that process is a long time, but it took her two weeks to do a full composition where she writes everything, gets musicians in, and they just do a score throughout the whole film. It was quite an amazing process to watch that because um, mm. that's something I'd never seen before. You must have. And having having your house as uh, one of the main sets, so it's your actual house you're living in, when when the film becomes as big as Lord of the Rings, do you then <laughs> go down the pathway like they did with the little hobbit house in New Zealand that, that you can have people come to visit the set so does that mean you have to you'll have to move out and have the set as this is where the film was just a farm was actually filmed and you'll have a whole series of tourist coaches from Japan coming in to check out the house and is that is that part of the agenda as well oh i don't think so cuz it'd take us nearly probably 2 years to clean our house we're like the messiest people in the lead up but film i was like oh my that's god off, that's authentic like, though that's, yeah. authentic. <laughs> that's authentic and consistency yeah. oh, i don't know there's like continuity continuity so um i don't know if it's in the trailer the office scene i shouldn't because sean hates me telling people this but the office scene is you know you show the office where alex doing his farm books and it's a mess they had to clean the office up a little bit to, to make it not so much of a mess <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I was like, don't touch it. This is authentic. They're like, it's a little bit too messy. messy. <laughs> uh, but it, 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 it will be an amazing thing for that community, though, because I remember, I, I know I'm just going back to sort of my history in films. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously when you had, there was another film as well, actually, which is a very good film, which was shot 100 metres from my parents' house, uh, called The Magdalene Sisters. Oh. 
and it was a film set in Ireland about uh, the convents that took basically teenagers in who weren't badly well behaved. Uh, and it was obviously a big film in my town. A lot of the girls in that were from my school. Um, but everyone watched the film because it was the local community and you got to see the local sets, that type of thing. Mission Impossible, Matt, mm-hmm. was filmed in my hometown. <laughs> so the first one. Mm. Uh, I wasn't in it, but some of my uh, friends' farms were in it. Uh, it was actually the scene where they are on the top of a train uh, and it's supposed to be the south of uh, north of France. Uh, so um, there you go. So I'm just trying to I'm just trying to give you some of my credentials. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just a little part of your reel. Part of my reel. Um, and obviously all the 200 episodes of this podcast where we've uh, pretended to be friends with one another uh, shows, yeah. shows the diversity of my skills. Yeah, no, that's true. And you can do a whole range of different accents. G'day, mate. G'day. Where's where's my sheep? <laughs> there you go. There's, 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 there's Aussie so now, or, or South African, depending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not sure which one that was. But. <laughs> so so now that you're a, a, a lead actor, uh, Layla, are you, are you, look, is any other role you look at in the, into the future, are you open to other lead roles or you you're going to kind of have a rest from acting now? I don't know. It depends what the role is. I'd love to, like, there's, um, it's, it's it's really quite sad, actually, but in my hometown um, in Walker where I grew up, there's been a book written on called The Widow of Walker. Mm. Um, and if that was ever made into a movie, I would love to play the psychopath. Because <laughs> um, there's a bit of a theme here shot, running shot, through shot, that. Shot, Sean's starting to worry. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a theme. There's a theme running through Lola's characters here. Yeah, the husband, husband um, meets an unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but the, the sad thing is, like, I grew up with Matt, the the guy that was murdered by his um partner, and um, yeah. So it's and it's a really interesting read, and I didn't realize this woman's history. Um, that you know, she's she was pretty crazy, and they say actors love to play those characters because it's sort of. I know they get to delve into a part of their subconscious that's not really allowed out in society, and I think that's the part of acting I love is the the sub like t- the psychology of really delving into someone else's thoughts and why they are the way they are. Um, there is one scene in the film that I blacked out in, and I don't remember what happened, um, which was quite bizarre. And the first time I watched, so, it, so you that, mean you mean you were conscious, but you were in the, in the zone or something? Or yeah, what? something. It was really. It's actually the suicide scene, and um, it was quite. It was pretty intense, and I remember just looking down and seeing the stubble on Joel's face, and I don't. I don't remember anything that happened after that. It was quite. It was wow. a really weird experience. So, I possessed was just, by the possessed by the character. Yeah, it was weird. Well, that's Simon says that sometimes in his interviews, he reckons I've been possessed by a hundred widows. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Um, but watching that back for the first time um, was really hard, and I actually sort of had a little bit of a, a, like what you could say, like a bit of a mental breakdown, and couldn't stop crying. And I ring Damien Welsh Howling as my mentor, and I said to him, I'm you know, I don't know why I'm crying and I can't control it. And he said, well, did you watch the film? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so because your subconscious doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's not real and you haven't processed the feelings of the character. That happened, like, to, oh, that happened to really? Martin Sheen. That happened to Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now. He oh, had a breakdown yeah. as well um, filming that movie. 
Um, and yeah, there, there is footage of that somewhere on the internet. I think when he goes through that, there was a scene in Apocalypse Now that he. Um, so, yeah. so, so did Christian Bale in Terminator Salvation, but I think that was just him being a bit of a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some actors can, um, yeah, they if you if you're a bit of a method actor, they sort of sometimes have their their moments. Um, yeah, but yeah, you, you, if you if you hopefully you get success with this with this current one, and you have you flush with funds, then you can buy the you can buy the movie rights to the story. The uh, the win- <laughs> right, oh, that, that could be the sequel. That could be your, your sequel one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, God. I know I want to I'd like if you could make more movies, you'd want to make them about good people and and inspiring stories, I think. Like oh, I, that's us out of the picture. Andrew, uh, we're not gonna, no, we're not gonna be are in the pretty inspiring. Jeez. I suppose I am in, I, I agree I am pretty inspiring. You know, having having worked as a child actor with uh, Robert Duvall and Michael Keating. Yeah, you turned out all right. Uh, Any drug addictions or anything? Weinstein. We won't talk about that. We won't talk about that. Uh, My cousin was actually, my cousin was in quite a few films in the uh, 90s, Scottish films and Scottish TV and a lot of commercials. And he was actually, and I'm not joking, he was actually a male model. Did he look alike? (laughs) And I was a good looking one in the family. And um, he was he was the face for an anti-drugs campaign in Scotland. <laughs> and so his picture was on billboards, would you buy drugs from this man? <laughs> and including, I believe, in nightclub toilets. And that oh. made and that made it uncomfortable going into nightclub when a bouncer saw you and a picture of <laughs> you dealing drugs. <laughs> so um, so it's in my family. It's in my family. So well, I didn't see. Did you get a call up for Outlander? That's like one of the you know big Scottish TV. <laughs> Andrew's been dining out on Outlander for the last five years. I think. Um, <laughs> look, I think I would be an Outlander, but the problem is um, it's just too far away. When they make <laughs> Outlander Australia, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll go in there. I'm, I'm actually just hoping for an Australian role in rural Australia as a uh, as a Scottish baddie again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to be a good guy. I want to be a bad guy. I think that'd be easier for me to play. <laughs> so, um, sheep shearer. Num- I've got a sheep shearer certificate, so I could be a sheep shearer number one. As well. Oh, haven't you got wool classing qualification? Wool well? classing qualification. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, if anyone's listening uh, to to this podcast, anyone at Cans or whatever, um, <laughs> get, get in touch. Very versatile. <laughs> there you go. It's getting silly now. So, I think we'll wind up with a final promotion for the just a farmer get out and see it those in the rural communities and listen listeners to the podcast give us a 25 second pitch yeah on why people should go and see it god um sean yeah you go (laughs) just because i haven't talked for the last hour yeah uh so uh just a farmer it's it's authentic to our rural community so that if uh, a mate mate's not feeling real well on the farm, that he'll see the consequences if he's not going to go home to see his wife and kids that night. And that's our is our message behind it. Is that we want families to um, enjoy what they do through the day and be able to go home to see their families at night. And um, yeah, I, I love saying a uh, hashtag cattle and sheep farmer at the moment, but. Uh, 
you got to love what you do and do what you love. And then you can go home and spend time with your family and uh, kids and friends and catch up and listen to good podcasts and um, <laughs> go and watch, go and watch some movies, uh, yeah. going to the cinemas and uh, yeah, have a good time. So grab yourself a chop top and enjoy the film. Yeah. Yeah. Chopped up. Right Fantastic. On. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, coming on. Hopefully, it is uh, it is a success, and um, we'll be going to see it. So, um, no, it's great to, for a chat, and um, we'll see you both when you got nothing on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. See ya.